Blog Talk Radio. Miss Cardi Blog Talk Radio Show for March 28th, 2012. I am your host, Lardy Miss Cardi, and your co-host for the evening is Strong Tower. Good to be here. We are coming at you live from Columbus, Ohio with good news and bad news if necessary. Our topic for today is calling all felons to the show. Share your story of troubles of finding housing in your area. Good topic. Yeah. What can we do to get support and generosity from our sisters and brothers of all nationalities to come together and help one another in the number one basic need, housing? Some of the communities we live in live in fear. Some of the felons don't know how to get our renters to believe they can be upstanding citizens ready for change. How do they convince the renters to help them? Some of our renters don't want to rent to felons because they don't want to lose any of their tenants they're renting to. How can we ask, show, and tell our support to accommodate and bring confidence to all at risk of failure? What could be the legal ramifications be if all felons got together to do movements and litigations of civil rights and constitutional rights infringements and discrimination? Call in at the call-in number of 347-884-8684. That number again is 347-884-8684 and say something. We will be right back. Get up on the beat, 
or a threat to society and can live peacefully among others. I am wanting to raise the awareness of this subject because until you have been in this circumstance, you cannot know the hardship one goes through in just getting the basic needs met, housing. I will have someone that maybe you might be familiar with it will be on the show to tell you a true story of his struggles and just getting housing. And he has been out of the system as a ex-offender, sex offender for 25 years and never committed a crime since. Is there anyone out there having this problem? We need a program that really works to helping felons back on the road to recovery, to integrate with human dignity in this society which we live in. If you have any type of, 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 of information or questions, go to familiesandvictimsoffraud.com and put your concerns there. Yeah. Or go to sleeplessnights.com and leave a comment. Yeah. Attorneys, we may even need you on the show to shed some light. Now, this is not going to be just the first uh, show and the last show on helping felons, sex offenders uh, regain their lives in basic living just to have housing, but in other categories, too. So stay, stay tuned for that. But for right now, we want to deal with the housing and, you know, add a little bit of something in there on employment. You know, you got to have employment in order to keep your house, okay? So, you know, just stay tuned. And, you know, and, 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 and we'll get back to what we need to talk about in terms of the housing situation. But at first I want uh, to introduce you to my, my boy, my partner on the scene of the show, and you know him as to be Strong Tower. Now, I'm going to have him to speak a little bit, you know, and, and, and talk to you a little bit on, on some of the subject because it's pretty knowledgeable about it. So strong power, take it over. Tell the people what is the problem in housing for felons, ex-offenders, sex offenders, but felons in general. How hard is it to get housing? Explain that to the people. Okay, to all of our followers and listeners and fellow brothers and sisters, uh, you know me or you've heard me speak on subjects before. I am a felon. I'm an ex-sex offender as well, and I'm not bragging about it. I'm not proud. But what I can tell you that I've spent the last 25 years free of crimes. I spent 15 years in prison after I caught my case, and I was eligible for parole after three and a half years, and they gave me 15 years. They flopped me for the same thing, nature of crime, every time I was flopped. Okay, and I, w I was willing to go through this. I was willing to register and see it as an inconvenience, but uh, legally it was something I had to do, and I did it, and I haven't missed uh, one of my uh, so-called registrations uh, for the last uh, 10 years, and uh, I have a clean record. I had a clean record when I was on parole. Uh, my parole officer wanted to know, well, how in the world did you do uh, two years of parole, and you did not uh, offend anymore. I told I learned my lesson. You know, I, 
I come to the Lord, the Lord bless me. And a lot of people think that when you come to the Lord in prison, that it's just a temporary thing. But I'm here to tell you, the Lord can separate you from anything that's not like him. It's gambling, uh, even if you're a murderer. He can, he, can, he can save you from that. He can give you a new lease on life. But uh, what I found out about the criminal system, it's not about the rehabilitation. It's about retribution. Mm. And it's totally against what God speaks in the Bible, and it's not going to work. And let me tell you that uh, the criminal system is a billion-dollar operation or, or multi-billion-dollar operation. It's modern slavery. They they uh, pay the inmates six dollars to eighteen dollars a month for what people get eighteen dollars an hour for out here on the other side of the wall. Can I ask you? Yes. What? What? How has it been mm-hmm. in the time mm-hmm. that you have uh, been out? Oh, it's how been rough. rough. It's, it's rough. You know, in getting housing. It's, it's rough. What, what what kind of things do you face? What what kind of opposition have you faced in trying to get housing? And what would you uh, say to one of those out, one of the one of the people that are out there that may be listening to this show, uh, what they can do to help themselves while they are uh, uh, still trying to integrate into the community by getting the basic needs of housing in their life? Well, alerting Miss Cardi, I. uh, I respect you a lot, and I really appreciate this opportunity because very few felons, and especially sex offenders, get an opportunity to let society know that some of us can be rehabilitated. And when I was incarcerated, I was in the Polaris program, and I know 100 sex offenders graduated, and they left the system, and not Mm -hmm. one of them came back. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had a recidivative rate uh, since its inception in 1986, they had a recidivative rate of 3%, and uh, the people that came back came back on some minor other, other things. But let me just say this. Uh, yes, it's been real difficult for me. When I first got out, I couldn't live with any of my parents, uh, any, any of my uh, relatives. I went to a homeless shelter, stayed there for three, three months and with a mat on the floor. Now, I'm talking to these, uh, who I'm talking to right now is people that have ch- made a change in their lives. Mm-hmm. I'm not just talking about people playing some kind of game. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about people that have made a mistake, and in their mistake they learned, and they have become citizens and people that cheer for one another. Mm-hmm. Sometimes our lack of communication, our isolationism, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. our lack of education in many ways tend to lead us down a path that we ourselves become a situation of not knowing what we're doing right? because it's wrong. I mean, communication uh, in itself is very important. Now, if you isolate, your mind can go into many changes. Now, I'm not going to use drugs. I'm not going to use alcohol. I'm not going to use that for any excuse. But many people that get in crimes, get involved in crimes, are people that are drug-related. They have drugs in their system. They have people that they're around that's not uh, conducive to growth. And I could go on and on and on, but recently, uh, well, since I've been out since 2002, uh, as I said, I did 15 years in prison. Uh, I did artwork for uh, Joe Frazier, Ron Harper. Uh, my work is all over the world. I'm also a brick mason by trade, and a lot of what I do has been stunted by the ability not to get work. And when I first got out, uh, I had a job, I was able to, uh, could have got a job making $18 an hour, but I was... 25 feet too close to a school. Mm. 
Okay. How many of y'all out there have had that problem? Okay. And let me also say that uh, I have I don't have any fantasies. I trust in the Lord. When I first got out, I went to the Columbus Dispatch, and I told them about how God had blessed me with many gifts, and how he's shown me through my artwork the love of man. Because in order to perpetrate a crime against one individual, you have to dehumanize that person. And I'm going to tell you right now, don't be looking for that man in that, that trench coat like you see on TV. Mm-hmm. Don't be looking for that man that jump on your back while you walk. You watch out for the people that's living right under your roof. And in many cases, it's ancestral, it's, parent, it's, it's uh, father, daughters, mm-hmm. it's, it's many uh, mm-hmm. situations Usually, of people that know, yeah, that know their, their, their victims, yeah. you know what I mean? And so to be aware of an individual, like a lot of things on the news today, a, a young man gets murdered, and then an individual may get off scot-free and real, live right next door to you, you don't know who he is. Those kind of crimes have been swept under the rug. So I think equal justice under the law is a fabrication. I still want to uh, to for I, I still want to ask this question. Yes. What kind of of opposition when you went to go look for housing did you get from people that you had did applications with, people that you might have uh, 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 talked to, you know, or called on the phone? And, and tell them about your past. Well, first of all, my crime was committed in 88. And uh, when it went into law around 96, uh, they made it retroactive, which was actually going against my constitutional rights. They came into prison, took me out of prison, took me back to the courts, and then and, 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 and put this new uh, rule on me, which I feel is unconstitutional because the crime that was taking place in my life took place way before any of these laws had been enacted. Mm-hmm. And then since then, uh, you have to live with other guys. There's inmates. You can't really get your own place because it's difficult. Apartments are almost out of the question because the society is feared of an individual that has any kind of crime and registration or just totally destroys them and it closed doors. And, and people are... Now, I'm going to tell you one thing. Now, I talked to one of the officers downtown, Sheriff's Department, and they said that it's about 15,000 sex offenders in, in Ohio. Uh-huh. And it may be more than that. Now, just think about it. If 15,000 sex offenders wanted to reoffend, do you think law enforcement officers in the system would be able to do anything about it? Let, let me just ask you this question. And if there's anybody out there would like to answer that question, I appreciate it. But I have had trouble renting, uh, getting places. You generally have to live in a commune lifestyle where there's organizations that have uh, inmates come in and they, they rent a room for $300, $400 a month, and how are you going to pay for a room and you can't find a job? You know, yeah. I, I remember that you were telling me about a time that you called, you know, a um, um, and a, a place uh, where I, it, it wasn't the owner but people that managed the uh, property. Yeah. And uh, – and what they had said to you uh, because you uh, were a sex offender and you were giving them the truth, you know, and telling them what's going on and that you needed housing. How did they react to you? Well, uh, let me just speak on something that happened approximately a month or so ago. I called a gentleman and I was honest about my situation. And uh, no, we don't. Vincent, sex offenders, uh, is out of the question. And 
the people downtown sheriff's office was telling me that I was able to live where I want to live. Now, was this up underneath the Megan's Law? Yes. Okay. Now, you you have uh, managers of apartments and mm-hmm. places where I can live telling me, no, they won't rent to me. And I'm, I'm really, you know, leaning toward filing some type of lawsuits. And uh, right now I'm really contemplating that while I'm looking for another place to stay. You know, I, I wanted to interject into this. Mm-hmm. Even, you know, for GP, I called down in North Carolina and 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 talked to an owner or a property manager that's over the over the property and I I I spoke about, you know, having someone that uh was a sex offender that wanted to uh come and uh live in one of his apartments, and he just flat out said no. Everyone knows about, you know, that that's, you don't you don't rent to sex offenders. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, no. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that some kind of, um, uh, is that some kind of discrimination? And, you know, he didn't go into detail to try to uh, say yes, it is or whatever, but for him, he was more afraid of losing. Can I comment on his, why he? Yeah, uh, okay. on, on his uh, on his renters that were there, and this is why I wanted to have this show. Now I don't know if you're on the show listening, but if you are, call in at the call in number. Tell of what problems that you might have, and. And, and let us know about it, or if you have information that can help other people, come onto the show and and tell somebody because somebody needs this kind of support. Okay, call in at the number of three four seven eight eight four eight six eight four. That number again is three four seven eight eight four eight six eight four. And Strong Tower, what else do you want to say about this? I that was. Uh stating a little earlier, I wanted to comment on that uh, type of arrogance. Uh, That's coming from the fact that most sex offenders, especially and as well as felons, uh, they don't feel uh, that they can communicate their ideas because of the stigma that has been placed on their lives. And I'm here to tell you, if you allow the system, if you don't paid the penalty which was established by the uh, Constitution and by the state laws, Originally, if you have paid your dues to, to, to society, to society, then you can look anybody square in the face and tell them what the situation is. You can let them know that they're going against your constitutional rights. If you're out there walking around with your head hung down, I'm here to tell you Jesus Christ can save you from anything that you've ever dealt with. I don't care what your situation is. He can pull you up from that, and he tells you to go and sin no more. Now, if you're one of those characters out there looking for a situation trying to perpetrate something, now, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to people whose lives have been transformed. You don't have to walk around with your head hung down. You stand up for yourself. You stand up for what's right. And I'm going to tell you now, the system, the way the system is set up, and there's cracks, and they're developing everywhere, mm-hmm. okay? There's societies here that don't want people to, to be upstanding. They want to have a stigma on their record. They put them in situations. They box them. They take their rights away from them, and then they become desperate, okay? I know before I committed my crime, which now, uh, when I think back on it, it's like another person. It's just it's, I was in prison before I went to prison. And then when I went to prison, and then when I realized, you know, what level of degradation I had become, 
I, you know, I started out reading pornography when I was a child at the at the, the corner store right up the street, you know, and I, I just walked in there and just pick up pornography right off, you know, and you get into things like that, and you shouldn't have never been sold to a child in the first place. I'm not making excuses, but I'm here to tell you, if you're not living a mistake, and if you made a mistake and you change your life around, you stand up and you let somebody know your situation. Okay, that's what I wanted to say. That's right, yeah. because um, as I said before, there are more than just just the just the story that's just been told to you by Strong Tower that have made it be known because of them being ex felons and it's specifically sex offenders, uh, you know, and, and especially uh, offenders, ex offenders that have not offended for years and years and years and one time only and they ended up with with with, with a label, a three tier, and you cannot find any housing, anyone that will give you a chance, even though that you have proof that you uh have not offended, reoffended in years or you know, or that's the only crime you ever committed and never committed anything in twenty five years. Can I say something? Please. Yeah. Can I say something? Uh, I believe that somebody's out there. I believe that their God has touched somebody's heart to see the wrong. Is, two wrongs is not going to make it right. And I believe there's some associations. There are some benefits out there for people like me and people that have really changed their life around. You know, my case was 25 years ago, and it's a life. They gave me a life sentence. You know what I mean? And I thank God that even though this 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 bit has been put in my mouth. And it seems like it's trying to, to hold me back that God is giving me the incentive to keep moving forward and to be a voice of those whose mouths have been shut. And I know of somebody out there that knows about situations and places like, you know, people like me, and they're willing to help. All we need to know is who these people are. Right. And if you're out there and you're listening to that, we need your help. Give us a call, and we're not looking for somebody to call to create some type of fiasco and to make me look like an animal. I felt that way, and I bypassed that, and now I'm a human being just like anybody else. Now, I can say this. They want my vote. They, they won't, you know, they'll take my vote in some places, most places, but they won't take my money so I can live like a human being. You know, I went and did a little bit of research, and – Come up with uh, a few a few uh, places that I found on the internet. Uh, one that was from NPR News, uh, where you can go to Minnesota dot public radio dot org. Let me write that down. Okay. Yeah. And this is uh, a a a gentleman by the name of Rupa Chinoy in Minnesota Radio Public Radio. Uh, that was uh, putting out an, uh, uh, an article. How do you on, spell that last name? Shinoy, yes. S as in Sam, H-E-N as in Nancy, O-Y. Okay, and, and he's writing from St. Paul, Minnesota, and he's saying many released offenders find housing in the Twin Cities, specifically North Monopolis and East St. Paul, and it's become a concern for some of the people who already live there. And he goes on to say that people don't rent to you. 
so that when you find a few that do, you tend to all go there because you don't get sent back, said Patrick, okay, a level two sex offender whose real name has been withheld, okay? Patrick was sent back to jail when he couldn't find housing, a condition of probation as a re-offender. That's true. Now, he said he just did 35 days for being homeless, he said, and he took a risk of going up another level all over again. Now, going on further, it is said here, that he don't think trying to create more restrictions on what people can do or whether they can get out or not, he said he don't think likely it would trigger a lawsuit, okay, and could end up having bigger problems. He says, however, meanwhile, there's little evidence that that concentrating many sex offenders in one community places a greater danger or Department of Corrections found no correlations between where sex offenders live and whether they reoffend. And that's because those who do reoffend do so most often with people they know, including family. And to say to that, um, there is a problem because there's fears that have come out and from the from people that I have already called and people that I've already talked to um, show fear because of a couple of reasons. One of them was because they didn't want to lose their renters where they were renting to uh, from the neighborhood or out of their apartment complexes. Two, the fear just because you have a label that's on you. And you, as any many people that may have first time offended and never offended again or second time has done it and never done it anymore, I'm not talking about those that just keep doing it and keep doing it and still they're crying like wolves, you know, um, uh, you know, telling lies, uh, you know, to get saved and don't want, don't want to be saved. But we're talking about those that truly, truly have changed and want society to accept them. And my take on this is I have a concern. Unless you have been through this, you can never understand what it is that felons go through in trying to uh, integrate and be accepted in society and in their communities. And the things that I have heard from me contacting people based up off of the information that I have gotten, I mean, it is a total letdown. There shouldn't be any fear. I mean, especially if you find, uh, you know, a person's, a person's words of credibility to be creditable um, and give a person a chance. Are there any people that are out there like this that will give a chance? So just as I am sitting here, Talking to you out there, you listeners, and this studio uh, studio uh, uh, desk board is quiet because nobody wants to talk or don't nobody want to be known uh, of the problem that's going on. I can already tell that 
this is not a subject that people like to talk about because if it was, you would be on this line giving some information and talking about the concerns, just like they're doing with the Trayvon uh, uh, shooting and the murder of this young man. You know, I mean, it is time to stand up and help one another through the most difficult time there is uh, for people that are going through things and need support. So if you have any any comments or views on this, please call in at the 347-884-8684 number and tell us what you know because it is important. And if you can't do that, then if you have information, go up on familiesandvictimsoffraud.com and place some information into the, uh, into the contact box and let us know what you think. And we're going to have this show again, no doubt, uh, because it needs some type of exposure and it needs to get out there because there's too many lives that are ready for change and have changed to just be sitting back and doing nothing and the people go back to jail or, 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 or fall into a further despair of no confidence and no self-esteem because people view them as some kind of monster. And it's not that way. So please, if you have any information and you need to give some support in Columbus, Ohio area, in North Carolina area, California area, wherever this issue is going on at, if you can give some information to help someone to be able to find housing, which is a basic need for everyone, um, put it out there on familiesandvictimsoffraud.com or sleeplessnights.co, all right? And after this, we will be right back, okay?
Clarity on Blog Talk Radio Show, and that was Mavis Staple. I'll take you there from the hit of greatest hits. Bring back a lot yeah, of memory. Yeah, bring back a lot of memory. I'll take you there. And previous before that, America, and that came from yours truly, Lardy Miss Clarity. You know, getting back on the subject of calling all felons to the show because we want to talk about the troubles of finding housing in your area, and we want to try to get the support and generosity from all of our sisters and brothers of all nationalities to come together and help one another in the number one basic need, which is housing. Employment, too, for them, but for the felons, but, you know, housing is important, knowing where to go, who to talk to, and is there anyone out there that is willing to give the support and help that is needed, especially to those that have truly changed their lives? I just want to add this. You know, you know, um, I'm a wife of 
a sex offender. And, you know, it was funny. How's it going? It was, well, I'm going to tell it. It it was, it's funny how I took a chance, you know, on a happy life to be married. All right. And it happened to be a sex offender. Come on. And, and, and the sex offender, as, as we would call this label that's on my husband, he is totally the opposite of it. Matter of fact, you know, that person that you were just listening to is who is on the show at Strong Tower. God bless you. Thank you. And you know what? I took a chance because, see, having Christ in my life and understanding the need of other people and understanding that sometimes your husband ain't riding on a white and shining armor with a white Pegasus horse. That's right. But that he's riding on, you know, the white linen cloth of Jesus Christ and have changed his life totally and that he's looking for a new beginning. Thank you, Lord. A new, a brand new life. And I just happened to be that one. And you know, and I, I... and 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 I left everything I had to go on this journey. Yes. You know, to understand not only my husband's plight and and in helping him to feel like a person again and a and a human being because he's already decent, you know, but also to share in the face of renters uh that would not give housing to us. Talk about it. Because I'm with a sex offender. All right. You know, and I'm going to use that word because that word is an ugly word placed upon a person, especially when that person has changed their life and they have to register and 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 register every 90 days as a three-tier and also uh, then flyers go out and, and tell the whole neighborhood that you got a sex offender in your neighborhood. You know, and I will say this and proudly say this, is that the husband that I married is not the man that they put in prison Thank you, Jesus. over what they wanted to do to cause him grief for the rest of his life. This is truly a changed man. And I know that there's many more that are out there that's just like this, that got wives and have families, and they want a brand new life. And I just want to tell you, me walking this walk with my husband to see the plight of what all felons, not just sex offenders, but what all felons go through. And And I was at one point, with the NAACP legal redress, mm-hmm. dealing with felons, uh-huh. okay, that needed housing, that had labels from murderers all the way to now, you're dealing with sex offenders. And there was no one out there that was willing to give a chance based upon some Megan law or some law that's out there that refused them education, housing, and employment which is your basic needs in order to survive. And I am proud. I am proud of the decision that I made is to get on this show and talk about the reasonable facts that any person that needs and they have done anything in life, because I'm not squeaky clean either. Mine was just sealed up, praise God for that. 
that I had mine sealed up because had it not been sealed up and it was my first offense, you understand what I'm saying? I would probably have the same problem, especially in the uh, employment area. Uh, and, and it's a deep thing to see people that is in need and there is no information or support or even the people that you come in contact with with closed minds that won't accept you, even though they know you're upstanding and, and can be a very good citizen and, 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 and be upstanding in the community and give something back. So my job is not only dealing with families and victims of fraud, but where there is fraud at, my job is to expose it. Mm-hmm. And this is why I have this show, right. to expose uh, controversial issues that people won't talk about. Mm-hmm. Now, we're going to do this show again. We're not just going to sit back and say, oh, well, we didn't get no callers this time and nobody to participate. But we're going to do this show again. And hopefully whoever listens to this show will come back on to the show for part two and participate because there are people like myself, my husband, and other families of labeled felons that are in dire need for someone to open their heart and allow, you know, for those that truly have changed their life, have not reoffended anymore to have a chance to live normal lives like normal people. So I'm going to turn it back over to Strong Tower, and Strong Tower, give them some more of your mind. Okay, I'm, you know, I'm not here to uh, boast because uh, I don't have anything to boast about, but I boast in Jesus. And let me just say this. It's a very dangerous thing when we're silent about certain issues, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, let me say, uh, a lot of times secrecy is one of the most dangerous things that you can get involved in. Yes, it is. Talk to your family members. Find out where they're, they're what they're doing, who they're talking to. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm serious about that as well. You might seem strange if me a sex offender or ex sex because I haven't offended anybody unless I called them by their name mm-hmm. in the last 25 years. And let me just also say this. We who have sinned, who have not sinned, cast the first stone. Okay? Hmm. If you ain't sinned, I'm gonna tell you you're going to hell if you sin, uh, what you call a lightweight sin or what you call a heavy sin. Either way, it's against God's will. So don't think that one thing is better than the other, okay? And let me also say that be very careful if you let things slide under the rug because you have a lot of people of under age, you have a lot of people, younger people, and offenses are becoming younger and younger and younger. Make sure you talk to your people, everybody in your family. If you want to just push this issue under the rug, I know almost, what, 75% statistics show that 75% of the families out there have a family member that's associated with some kind of criminal system activity mm-hmm. and, and is growing more and more. Women nowadays are, are, are catching up with the men as far as incarceration is concerned. Families are being separated. And a lot of these things come from lack of a sense of responsibility, okay? I'm not preaching to the choir. I'm just trying to let you know that, that all of us is not afraid, okay? All of us are not walking around here with our head hung down. 
Now, I know of somebody out there that that associated directly or indirectly with someone that's gone through similar things yes. that I've gone through yes. and even worse than what we're going through. Yes. But I would like to say that my wife has been very beneficial to my spiritual growth. And I'm telling you, get in that Bible and it'll turn you around from the things you used to do. Because a lot of you out there that think you're going to walk in, God's going to tell you, I don't know you, I never knew you. He said, the least among you, because I'm the least among you. You know, all my pride, I, I, I can't think of too many other things I can be proud of <laughs> other than the ability to know that I'm not going to do the things that I used to do and that I trust in Jesus. So I'm telling you, he can save you from homosexuality. He can save you from whatever sin that you think is impossible to be saved from because in God's eyes, it's all the same. If you ain't doing his will, you know what, you know what the real deal is. A lot of the people you think ain't going to go, going to go. And a lot of you out there think that you're above me. In, in, in order for you to walk in and see God's face in peace, you're going to have to love me. You know, you don't have to. And anybody else that's out there that's least among you. That's right. And definitely, you know, this is this is a time to reflect because, you know, I, I got a story to tell too, but at another time I'll bring that forth. But right now it is to try to help all those that is in need of each other to come together to help each other in just the basic need to live, mm-hmm. which is housing. Mm-hmm. Now, if you've got any questions or concerns about anything, call in at the call-in number of 347-884-8684. That number, again, is 347-884-8684. And if you decide to want to talk, if you want to talk, okay, just, 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 just have some confidence to come on because it's gonna, it's gonna benefit somebody. Mm-hmm. Your story will help somebody. Just like I put Strong Tower on this show so that he could tell his story, you know, and then to also to let you know that I'm, I'm walking the journey. Okay, I also like to interject. It's not an easy thing. Mm-mm. You know, uh, it puts you in a very shameful, guiltful, you know, situation. It almost makes you feel like you want to die, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, you know, another little voice will come to you. Change your way. You know, regardless of what society think about you, change your way. God loves you. He came here in the likeness of sinful flesh for those who have fell through the cracks. And let me tell you, if you feel like you're out there and you got it made and everything's okay, just check yourself now, okay? Because he says, the least that you do unto, you do it unto me. The least of those that you look over, because society is no greater than the least of them. If you can't reach out to those who, who have need and you only reach out to your own because you feel like it's going to put you on some kind of level of jet-setting or or make you look good in the neighborhood, I'm going to tell you, you know, you'd be surprised. The ones that are smiling in your face ain't always your friend. Now, I'm not here to, to prove any points. I'm just trying to help somebody. You know, my, my dad was a minister, and before I went to prison, he was, I was building prisons. And he said, man, you know what, it would really be strange if you wound up in this place. And I said, no, I'm 38 years old, you know, 36 years old, and I caught my case two years later. I was 38. 
and, you know, the first time I had been incarcerated and everything, and the judge said, man, you ought to be a pillar of your society, and you're standing up in your court in a situation like this. And it brought tears to my eyes as I uh, listened to him because I knew something had really went wrong. You know, I was hanging around the wrong people, uh, reading the wrong literature, and, and, and ingesting the wrong things in my system, and I just got further and further away from what my parents had taught me. So y'all be careful out there. You know, some of us have to sacrifice, you know, uh, the, the privacy of our lives and the things that went through for a cause to help someone else. And I'm here to try to help someone to keep you from falling into the same cracks that I fell into. If I can help one person out there, that's why I'm here. And that's why I'm letting you know a little bit about who I am. Thank you, Strong Tower. And now... I want to share another story that is uh, that I want to talk about. I want to read this to you. It's called the, sex, uh, the Registered Sex Offenders Struggle to Find Housing. Okay, and this is coming out of BismarckTribune.com. Okay, under Registered Sex Offenders Struggle to Find Housing. All right, and it's by Jenny Michaels. Okay, from uh, the Bismarck Tribune, BismarckTribune.com. And I'm going to read a little bit about this. And it's about a gentleman by the name of Mike McCleary. All right. Tribune with the guard tower of the North Dakota State Penitentiary located in the background. Registered sex offender Christopher Voicing has been living in the single-wide mobile home located on prison property since it was available in late June. Finding permanent housing in communities is difficult for sex offenders when landlords won't rent to them or they experience unfriendly neighbors. He says he was the first when the mobile home opened and he is trying to be the first out successfully, okay? When high-risk sex, high sex offender Richard Bondo moved into a house so close to Mandan High School that the school district had at one time considered buying it. Anger and fear was a common reaction among parents and community members. The high school spread the word to the students. Parents found out from their kids. Mandan police were flooded with phone calls. At the heart of many of the discussions were false assumptions that North Dakota has laws prohibiting sex offenders from living within certain distance from schools, licensed daycares, and public parks. However, North Dakota remained one of a handful of states without such laws after an attempt at putting 1,000-foot safety zones around such areas died in the North Dakota House of Representatives during the 2009 uh, session. Vonda was far from the sex offender to live near a school, and several others lived in close proximity to other schools in the Bismarck Landon area. However, his case points out the problems communities have in finding adequate and appropriate housing for people convicted of sexual offenses. Vondell registered as an address um, in demanding with authorities in late August. Sex offenders are required to register their addresses and other information with law enforcement for varying amount of time, depending on their risk level. The Mandan Police Department put out the information on Vondell 
to local media outlets who released the information to the public. Mandan Police Deputy, Deputy Chief Paul Lingen said his department fielded plenty of calls from parents and others who were angry over Vondo's choice of housing so close to Mandan High School that nothing out of the ordinary people usually are unhappy to hear of a sex offender living nearby or near their children's schools. Nobody wants them in their neighborhood, Lingman said. Parole and probation officer Brian Weagle said the Vondel case actually shows how well the registration process in the state works. Under pressure following public release of his address, Vondel chose to move even before Weagle and other Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation Authorities could force him to find a difficult home, a different home, excuse me. The community was aware of where he was living the entire time, Weagle said, okay? It did exactly what it was supposed to do, Weagle said about the state's registration process. Sex offenders often have trouble finding appropriate housing once people find out who they are and what they've done. Few property owners will rent to sex offenders, and when an offender finds a home, the neighbors aren't always welcoming. We are constantly struggling with finding housing for registered offenders, Weagle said. If you're homeless and unable to find stability, it actually makes a more high-risk situation, Weagle said. Stability, by far the best thing to try to reduce recidivism in the future. The struggle to find adequate housing does not stop for offenders who have completed periods of parole and probation. Timothy Profrock, a moderate risk offender, was released from prison in 2005 after serving nine years for criminal sexual conduct in the third degree. The victim was 27 was a 27-year-old woman. Unlikely Bondo, no one can prohibit him from living wherever he can find housing. Now, that will be, I guess, considered up underneath the Megan's Law, and we will get into that on, the next, uh, on our next episode of Calling All Felons to the Show, okay? However, Barrett handles, well, he said, he said here, he paid his debt to society, like most offenders that are labeled sex offenders and whatever offenders in, as, as offenders, uh, they have paid their debt to society. He's done his time. He's just, he's just got to abide by the sex offender conditions. Barrett handles sex offender registrations in Morton County outside of Mandan. That means that every time a registered offender in rural Morton County changes an address, telephone number, workplace, vehicle, school, or other pertinent information, they have to visit Barrett. While some people keep their information constant for 15 or 20 years, others like Profrock have become frequent visitors to the Barrett office. Now, I can tell you that uh, Strong Tower can tell you about the registration process because it's a trip and more so I'm reading this off because you have to know what are the facts, you know, that's going on, why there is an outcry of, of, of labeled offenders 
not finding housing and can't find housing for the reason why I put this show together to uh, get your help, get your get your uh, get your comments, get information, support whatever that is needed to help people with this kind of issue. Okay, so going back, Barrett said the situation is a catch twenty two. Sex offenders have to live somewhere and register their address, but nobody wants them around because Profrock obeys the law and registers his address. People know who he is and choose not to rent to him. Now, is that discrimination because of that? Is there discrimination involved in this? It is tough for those guys, Vera said, noting that it's hard to sympathize with the situation. That's the way it is. They made choices early on in life. To me, you make choices. Everybody has made choices that at some point or another in their life took them down the wrong path. The point is, is if you find yourself again and you get on the right path, there still should be people out there that should also sympathize and empathize with people that have made a change in their life. That's the way that I feel about it. In efforts to keep offenders from living in places where children are plentiful, some states and municipalities across the country have enacted laws requiring registered sex offenders to live more than a certain distance from schools, playgrounds, daycares, and other places children congregate. We will say similar laws in other states have been ineffective and counterproductive in many cases. The laws push sex offenders out of many communities, creating situations where they have nowhere to live and end up registering as homeless or transient or stop complying with registration laws. The states that have passed laws such as that have found that it has caused greater problems because of their registration compliance dropped dramatically, uh, drastically, Regal says. Iowa law once prohibited all sex offenders from living within 2,000 feet of schools, parks, daycares, and other places children congregate. However, the uh, Iowa legislatures changed the law earlier uh, in the year, making it uh, making it apply only to offenders against children in cases not involving consensual acts between teens close in age. Prior to the law change, it faced court challenges and complaints about the sex offenders being banished from many neighborhoods, leaving them with few affordable housing options. Similar laws in other states, such as California Voter Pass Proposition 83, also have been challenged by the courts and the California Sex Offender Management Board noted in 2008 report that the number of offenders registering themselves as transient had quadrupled since passage of the law. And the last here to say, people who have committed sexual offenses in the past are in your community and we need to monitor them. And if we put into law such strong restrictions that they decide no longer to comply, then we're kind of defeating our own purpose. So as to put this out here and to attempt to uh, to get people to talk about this situation, especially those that are going through the labeling 
of being offenders that need housing and even attorneys and even those that with housing uh, 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 management out there that have uh, uh, places that are available for offenders in your neighborhood, I'm urging you all to call in, put it up on the website, familiesandvictimsoffraud.com or on sleeplessnight.co. And 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 give us and give us some leads and some clues. Uh, and if you're there on the phone, call in 347-884-8684. Don't be afraid to talk about your story. Don't be afraid to show that there's more of you out there. I only did this because I have gotten requests to talk about it. But now that I'm on the show talking about it, it is like crickets. And we're the only ones talking about this. You can hear the cricket. Can you hear the silence? Let's be silent for a second. Well, can I say something? <laughs> sure. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah, this, this subject matter on your show, sometimes you don't always have to, uh, you know, can hear things as pleasant. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it exists. Yeah, it does. Uh, you can look at the United States as being one big ship. I said this is bad news. Yeah. Sometimes you got to bring some bad you know, news. We're all on this ship. That's right. Uh, many times you don't know who you're talking to, who you're passing by, but we're out here, okay? And it's a fact of life. It's not something that you can sweep under the rug. That's right. Uh, let's face the facts. Uh, things are getting really tough now, and uh, it's causing people that would normally try to do the right thing to create problems in their own lives and make them you don't want to go back. Uh-huh. It's almost like the system sets itself up. I can understand, you know, the need that it is to protect the most vulnerable in our society, uh-huh. but it also hurts many who are related to these people. They grow up with stigmas. Uh, I tell you, treatment is very important. Now, one of the cheapest ways for the, the criminal system to bring in undesirables is to bring them in <clears throat> and not get credit for the uh, the treatment that they receive. Uh, treatment can cure. Mm-hmm. Just like any other disease, just like any other sickness, individuals do things, and when they do certain things in their lives, something's wrong. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Why can't we find out what's wrong? Yeah. Are we trying to go to the moon and we can't even go to the mind of people that live next door to us or family relatives. Let's let's uh, reach out for our loved ones because I'm going to tell you before this story is over, huh. uh, you're going to be touched by someone in my situation. I hope not, but it's just looking like that. If many of y'all, as I said earlier, many of y'all are related to people that have found themselves in sexual situations that they shouldn't have been in. You've probably been in some yourself that you don't want to talk about, yep. but I'm here to talk about it. Somebody's going to talk about it. If it's me, then so be it. If it's my wife, then so be it. So when, when we stand in front of God, he will say, you know, well done, my good and faithful servant. I know that you had little to work with, but now come in and enjoy the glories of the Lord because I'm here to tell you that if you think you're going to walk through this world sin-free, this sinful world, sin-free, you might not be cussing, you might not be doing drugs, you might not be ripping and running up and down the street, 
but it ain't one book in the Bible that I read that Jesus didn't tell somebody how they could better themselves. And let me tell you, as I said before, if you see something wrong and you don't do nothing about it, then you're just as bad as the individual that's doing the wrong. And I know it might sound harsh, but the reason reason why this country is going down is too many problems left unsaid, Mm -hmm. too many things going on in the political system, Mm -hmm. in our homes, in our schools, and everybody is just sliding it on by. Just keep on sliding things by and see what happens. You're going to be looking it in the face. I'm not here to scare you. That's right. You've got to face some things in your life, Mm -hmm. and you can't always run. Mm -hmm. And he is absolutely right. You know, as I said before, you know, I am an advocate, and, and my job is to bring any type of news that will be able to help victims and families and victims of fraud. Okay, even even those that may have done things in their life, and still, you know, if you if you're having a uh, you uh, having people that are pushing you away, and you know, you're you're lacking the the very things you need to survive, uh, then then somebody has to speak up. Mm-hmm. Somebody has to show some kind of compassion, mm-hmm. and that's what this show. Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk Radio Show is all about. It's not all about just bringing just some crazy uh, information to you and news of any type. It's about bringing advocacy concerns mm-hmm. for individuals, families, mm-hmm. and victims of fraud. Mm-hmm. And on the highest level, in any category, because there are people that are out here that do not deserve to be deserted that way, let alone with the mortgage crisis and all the other political things that's going on. There's more stuff that I'm going to talk about, but my job, I am an advocate, and I come on to the show to to share with anybody that have ears to hear to bring something to resolve the issue, something as information to help others, and also to give your comments and views about them. Again, you're not going to hear, this is not the last time you're going to hear about this particular show. It's going to be a part two to this. And hopefully that you will be able to come on to the show and give a piece of, 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 of love coming from you. Okay? And Strong Tower, you have something else you want to say? Yes, as you were speaking, uh, Lording Squatty. Uh, it brought back a, a thought, something that happened to me while I was here uh, a couple of years ago. I was in church, and I was giving a talk to some of the young people, telling them about the uh, things that they will come in contact with and, and how they need to get their lives together, mm-hmm. how I am an example of what not to do. Mm-hmm. And I had 10 of the young people to stand up. You know, mm-hmm. I just had them to stand up and you know, and you know how they were just young men. They were stuck, but between the age of uh, 14 mm-hmm. and 16. And I told them, I said, now, five of you sit down. Five of them sat down. And I said, now, you five that are standing up there, you will go to prison before I, do, before I go back. Now, four of them is in prison right now, and the other one, I don't know, hopefully God will bless him, that he'll get his stuff together. Mm-hmm. But, but see, you, you never know why you go through, but then when you go through one thing and you don't ever do it anymore, it's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. And 
when you you see how the Lord has brought you through, you're going to have to tell somebody Mm -hmm. that whatever you have done and whatever you thought about doing, God can bring you back. There's nothing too hard for God. You, you, you can't just say, well, he'll take care of this and he can do that and that person. Uh, he can take care of anything. He is all-powerful. And if you believe that he can't, let me tell you, he can. Thank you, Strong Tower. We'll be right back after these messages. your home or business with original artworks from Skid Row Art Productions. Featured personal and custom pieces by Chicken with Charlie, such as family tree artworks, the faces of Africa, tissue frame art, as well as charcoal portraits. Let Skid Row Art Productions help beautify your space or keep those treasured moments of time. Located at 1030 Owl Creek Drive off of I-70 in Driving Park. Call 614-531-9724 or email chickenfootcharlie at gmail.com. Get Pro Art Productions is the hidden treasure.
the Lord. Yes, that's by gospel grace, the war cry. Yeah, this is the Artie Miss Cardi Blog Talk Radio Show with Strong Tower, and we are talking on the subject of discrimination in housing, difficulty in finding housing, and calling all offenders to the show to tell your story. Now, I said before, is there discrimination from getting housing because you have been labeled as a sex offender, whether you have been without repeat offense and alter all, especially where laws apply? And do you have a problem when every time you go to fill out an application to get housing, are you turned down because you are a felon? Moreover, your felony case was 10 years or more ago but you find yourself denied the right to have housing because they say they don't want to lose other renters because of you. Is this discrimination? And if we get enough people to stand up about this political and systemic problem, maybe we can get a law passed to protect the rights to basic living needs for felons act done. I am wanting to raise the awareness of this subject because until you have been in this circumstance, you cannot know the hardship one goes through in just getting the basic needs met, housing. It's a very, very important uh, commodity to one's survival, housing. Now, again, if you got something you want to say, Call on the call-in number of 347-884-8684. That number again is 884-8684, 347-884-8684. Call in. If not, I will talk to you on the next segment of the show that will be coming up. All right? Strong Tower, hit it. You got something else you want to say? Put it out there. How much time I got? Uh, let's, say, let's say four minutes. Four minutes. Well, four I, minutes. I can feel 40 more minutes. Well, let me just say this. Uh, <clears throat> I was associated with the Department of Rehabilitation and Correction. And you say your your business is fraudulent abuse of laws and, and uh, of people's lives and things like that. Uh, if, if I was associated with the the Department of Rehabilitation and Corrections when I was in prison, uh, where is the rehabilitation? Okay, come on. Where is the correction? Okay, and I'm here to tell you that the Department of Rehabilitation and Correction is what I call today modern-day slavery, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to hit back on that subject. They'll keep you in longer than you're supposed to be in. They know people in there. They'll let the people out that they know are going to come back again, so that gives the recidivism rate. And I'm here to tell you that the sex offenders and the people that's undesirable, considered undesirable in this society, are running your correctional institutions. In many cases, I was locked up with 150 men. And do you know who our officer was in the 12 o'clock shift? Some young ladies that was pregnant, 21 years old, needed a job. And let me tell you, they came in safe and they walked out safe every night. Mm. Okay? And 95% of the guys in 150 uh, men unit were sex offenders. Mm -hmm. So we have to understand what's going on here, what's being perpetrated here. Money is being moved around. People's times are being increased because 
of the sentences that they're given because of the fear that has been mm-hmm. thrown into society. Mm-hmm. These things have been going on for years and years and years, and it's good that people can speak out. It's good that people like myself was locked up. And then when I got a chance to see myself, mm-hmm. to come to myself. Now, as many of you out there, you ain't, you ain't perpetrated. If you ain't perpetrated nothing and you don't want to do nothing to help the situation, we're not talking to you. Absolutely. We're talking to people that, that, that know God. They know that the Bible is established on forgiveness, mm-hmm. understanding, That's right. love, and it rejects fear. Now, if you're out there, you're living in fear, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you right now in the name of Jesus that this fear that has engulfed your life will, will disappear and that you will open up and that you will tell somebody about the things you're going through. I don't care what age you are. Yeah. And let somebody know that the secrets that the devil is trying to keep in your life is holding you down. I want you right now in the name of Jesus, if you're committing some kind of sex act against yourself, against the people you know, against the people you don't know, I rebuke it in the name of Jesus mm-hmm. that you open up and that you release yourself before mm-hmm. you leave this world. Yes. And I'm telling you, that's all I have to say right now, but I will definitely be glad to add something else to this at a later time. Now, understand, you know, now this is a man uh, that have a lot of, of wisdom and a lot of knowledge in the area that he has been induced in, and he is able to help uh, you understand clearly uh, your place and how to think properly and also to be that uh, advocate to uh, help in resolving uh, questions and, 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 and uncomfortable fears and different things that you may have because you find yourself in the predicament that you have found yourself. But we, I will say a we because we are a partner in this, Strong Power and myself, uh, we are a very, very fortunate uh, couple uh, and uh, to to have experienced the roles that we come from to be able to help other people. And I'm very, very thankful that uh, through the hardship of finding housing, that we got housing, okay? It is possible to get housing, and there are people out here that will be able to help, okay? Even if it be your own relatives. Uh, you know, that will take you in until you are able to find uh, uh, housing for yourself. But just don't write everything off and just give up. We are calling for all the warriors out there to come in and help with those with compassion that are in advocacy, that's got real organizations that truly work to help sex offenders, ex-offenders, felons, labeled felons, okay, in their, in, their, in their pursuits to have housing, employment, and just the basic needs to be able to live. You give them that, they will have the self-esteem to do the rest. But we really need to get, make sure that we do our part in giving back to society don't be so selfish, all those renters that are out there that don't give a chance. It's not as what it seems. And I also want to share with you another uh, piece of information that I have found. 
and it's called How Do I Find an Apartment with a Felony? And it comes from S as in Sam, S as in Frank, Gate Home Guide. And it came from homeguide.s, S as in Frank, gate.com. And, again, the topic says, how do I find an apartment with a felony? And I'll read these small instructions and caption here, and this is how you can find an apartment with felony, okay? Criminal background checks are routinely performed by landlords renting apartments. If you have a felony conviction on your record, you will likely encounter difficulty finding an apartment. A conviction involving a crime of violence or requiring you to register as a sex offender will significantly increase your difficulties. The best approach in finding an apartment is to do some research regarding locations willing to rent to felons so as to avoid wasting time and application fees on locations that have strict policies against renting to people with criminal records. Also adopt an approach of being honest about your records. Step one, conduct research for apartments where the owner does not conduct a background check. A good source of information may be a real estate agent familiar with residential leasing. In some areas, you may be able to locate a real estate agent that specializes in finding rental housing for felons. Step two, look for properties where you will be dealing with owners rather than the management company, typically properties with a small number of units, okay? They also, on the other hand, an owner of small number of units may not use background checks. If you need to explain your circumstances, dealing directly with the owner will give you a better chance of being approved. Step three, be honest. If you are asked to disclose a felony conviction, lying on the application is sufficient grounds to reject you as a tenant. Step four. Search for community groups that assist felons with overcoming barriers to integrating into society, including finding an apartment, for example, in San Francisco area, Northern California Service League offers post-release services that include a housing assessment and the reentry council of the city and council of San Francisco publish a guide that includes housing sources for ex-offenders. And that's all for now. I just want to give you that information, but we're coming up with Calling All Felons to the Show, Part 2, here very soon. Look for it. You can contact us on familiesandvictimsofthought.com or sleeplessnights.com. Thank you for coming on to the show. Thank you, Strong Tower, for your story. And we are out of here until next time. God bless you. We love you. Thank you.